1: kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement.
0: All right, let's go. We
2: are at the quarter pole, people. Exciting things happening. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Great to see you in person this week. It's great to be here with you and a lot of things to talk about, especially last Thursday night's game between uh, the Commanders and the Bears, and I think kind of like a little bit of a re-emergence for Justin Fields. Which one's more real, Wilson or Fields? Well, I, Fields has had two really good games back-to-back, and you know, even though he missed a couple open guys, probably about four or five open guys against the Commanders, I didn't think the man- Commanders came to play the first half. It was no. like a seven-on-seven drill uh, for Justin Fields, and uh, DJ Moore showed just how good of a wide receiver he is, but... You know, I'm happy for Justin because, you know, he has been under the gun now for about a good year and a half, two years. And uh, the criticisms that's been thrown at him justified for sure. But at least he's got a couple weeks of breathing room here because he's had two pretty productive games.
0: Yeah, and his head coach probably earned himself another week or two because I think if they lose that game, he may have been toast.
2: Yeah, well, it's hard to say. I mean, oh, I like, if you if you follow them uh, and you know the pressure that is around that team again already, uh, you know, people are going to be running for the exits and trying to cover their own asses. And usually that's when a GM fires a coach. So it was a very important win for them. It was a pressure point for sure. And they sure, certainly play, showed up and they played, you know, a very, like, maligned – I don't know how to explain the way the commanders played – and I just I do. wonder, does, uh, does Ron Rivera talk to anybody during the game? Or does he just stand there with his <laughs> arms folded?
0: Dude, he looks like a guy who lost his keys. I feel <laughs> he's bad. Like he's standing in a parking <laughs> lot. Of, you know, I, I can understand
2: I can understand that look when Dan Snyder was owning the team. I have a hard time understanding that look. And I know I, I know I don't watch a lot of Commander games. I do watch some of the tape of Sam Howell, which I think he's going to be a good player. But, man, I'll tell you what, there was no energy whatsoever around that I think part
0: of the problem, I know I'm not allowed to say it, but whatever, what the hell. I think Thursday night's a horrific idea for players. I don't think a lot of times one or both of the teams are ready to play. You see a lot of bad games. Physically, they're not recovered. Can't speak to the mental aspect. But, yeah, you get more of these duds on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And I think Al Michaels reflects that. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Ron Rivera and Al Michaels energy quotient. It's a push.
2: And I'm not blaming Al Michaels or Kirk Herbstreet. I would be the same way if I were doing the games. I mean, I literally fell asleep. I mean, hard sleep third quarter of this game. Put me
0: right out. Yeah, it was essentially a melatonin for the soul. It was bad. Let's, Let's get to the rundown. Hey, let's talk about more happy stuff. Let's go to
1: the rundown. The NFL Rundown. All right,
0: let's talk Giants football. What in the actual baby Jesus was
2: that? And who do I blame as a Giants fan? You blame the entire roster because uh, it was basically flatlining all across the board. And, you know, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks came in. They took it to your team. You take a look at the statistics. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, They have given up more points. They score less points. And they actually have not gotten one turnover from an opposing team in four games. I've never seen that. I mean, like they are a minus eight. They have turned the ball over eight times and they haven't forced a turnover. And there you have it. The statistics tell you all you need to know. But go deeper than that. Hold on. So schematically, what am I missing? Now, again, they've invested in the
0: offensive line. They're not one of these teams that ignore it. The O-line, this is the bottom of the chili pot. And then you go to the defensive line. All the money Leonard Williams and 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 Thibodeau and 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 uh, Dexter, Dexter, thank yes. you. I'm 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 apoplectic. I just boomer at the
2: line of scrimmage, they are atrocious. Right. So uh, I know it's easy to blame the offensive line for everything, and there were a couple times where Daniel had no chance to get away from the pass rush. But there are at least four or five times where he just doesn't even read the defense. And two of those where he doesn't read the defense, one results in the pick six. The other one results into a fumble and a short field for Seattle. That's 14 points right there that the offense has now given up. And that is usually the precursor to a wipeout or a blowout, which is exactly what the Giants have dealt with. They've had one half of football, and that was the second half against the Arizona Cardinals, where they actually looked like the team that we saw last year that went to the playoffs. Every other game, they have come out flat, they have gotten behind, and they haven't, they don't have the offensive prowess to be able to come from behind, even though they did it against the Cardinals, you know, sustainable over the year. So, you talk about a team that is under extreme pressure. It's going to be them going down to Miami this week. They're going to get killed in Miami. Then,
0: Buffalo's going to drop a bomb on them. mm -hmm. So, my, my question is this. I mean, I can't believe we're talking like that. I knew they'd regress. I thought they'd be a seven or eight win team. I just didn't think they could duplicate last year. Boomer, are we talking about selling
2: as the deadline would approach? You're sitting at one and five? I got to believe that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are sitting there going, we cannot believe what we're seeing from our $41 million quarterback. And to miss blitzes, to be inaccurate, to have a misread down by the goal line, those things are not why they're paying him what they're paying him. And I'm sorry. That's just the honest-to-God truth. And I know Giant fans don't like to hear it. They like to protect oh, their quarterbacks. And you're a Giant fan, so I'm telling you probably what you already know. I knew they had to do what they did. I wasn't happy about it. But you know what I know. If you have
0: a quarterback and you want a playoff game and he resurrected his career, they couldn't just go, well, let him walk. Like, I love all these hot takes of, oh, that contract age. Well, What
2: were they supposed to do? Name a team that lets their quarterback walk in that situation. Nobody, but you know, here, here are the op, you know their opportunities were maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe Derek Carr, or sign Daniel Jones. This and they offensive chose, line they'd be in the same spot, right? I'm, I'm sure they would be, but they decided to, si- to sign Daniel Jones for that amount of money. That was the thing that was shocking. So, if you are a quarterback and you are making that amount of money, you have to play up. Basically, play up and camouflage where all the You know where all these shortcomings may be. And quite frankly, I don't know about Darren Waller. I don't know what's going on with him. They don't even target him. Well, hopefully this week they will. And by the way, this week is a huge week because they're playing against a Miami defense that is not that great. You know that, and I know that. Yes. One of the reasons Miami is as good as it is is because of the offense, and when it gets going, it's almost impossible to stop it and that's why Wink Martindale has been saying this week that he's having trouble sleeping, and I don't blame Uh, him.
0: Yeah, Let me tell you, I have
2: trouble sleeping watching your blitz
0: packages that don't come home.
2: (laughs) Seriously, you know, you can't let him off the hook either. Could you imagine these young defensive backs against these wide receivers? The matchup just screams blowout. It just does. Sorry about that. No, don't be sorry. Oh, by the way, shout out Evan
0: Neal. You've just ended your career. I thought I saw the worst Giants offensive lineman in my life in Eric Flowers. Um, I have news for you. You ready for this? Scones, you're going to love this. Eric Flowers is a Hall of Famer analytically compared to Evan Neal. Evan Neal is so much worse than Eric Flowers by every analytic measure of offensive lineman. Now you go out this week and you got the unmitigated balls to insult the fans who pay you? Oh, baby.
2: That's going to hold on. Let's go to Boomer for how that played this week in New York. I did not play great, but he did apologize twice too late and I will give it to him. He's a 22 year old kid. He knows not what he says and he hasn't been here the last seven years. He's only been here for two years and one of those years they went to the playoffs so I understand the frustration, and who knows what New Yorkers are yelling at him. So I, I appreciate oh. you standing up for the fans and everything else, but I think he's learned a valuable lesson just to button it up and go play better. Yeah, here's an idea. Be a replacement-level tackle. Let's, let's just shoot for that.
0: <laughs> Awful. Let's go to the next part. And this is, again, I don't feel like this is a hot take if you think about it. Don't you agree it's time in New England? Don't you agree it's time that a conversation has to be had between Kraft and Belichick, that this is his last year? Yeah, I I
2: can't. I'm sorry, I can't. Tell me why. Make your case. It's not a hot take or anything. Let's just see what happens by the end of the year, and then we can make a a better judgment. But here's the thing. Uh, You take a look at their schedule, and it starts with the Saints this week, and who knows who's playing quarterback for them. Um, This is a chance for the Patriots to get right. They should be able to win this game at home. Uh, their next seven games, they may be able to pull out five victories, believe it or not, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, wow, we got a shot. Oh, boy. Because it's a long, long season. This is one team, because of their schedule, that I will well, I will say right now, let's just wait for about eight weeks before we decide okay. whether or not we're going to fire Bill no, Belichick, no, no, the greatest no, I, coach see, of all time. See, hold on
0: now. Now you're doing radio. Now okay. hold on a minute. I, that's that's hyperbolic. All I said is – when let's look big picture. Boomer, they're not talented. They're not athletic. I don't think they have a quarterback. And now Bill is turning into crazy grandpa, bringing back the dead body of JC Jackson. But he has to.
2: <laughs> For <laughs> what? what? Well, because he just lost Gonzalez, their first overall draft, uh, their first draft pick, and they also lost Matthew Judon on defense. So I understand. they need somebody. But they if need bodies. Jackson- Jackson and who's is, paying for him, by the way? I know, but the I'm The Chargers say, are paying the, for him. Right. It's like, it's like Moneyball
0: when they talk to David Justice in the batting cage. The Yankees are paying me f- to take you. <laughs> I just, the whole thing, Boomer, it doesn't feel like it's moving
2: forward. Especially, especially when you watch Miami and you watch the Buffalo Bills. Especially the way the, the Bills have played the last three weeks. Especially the way that Josh Allen has played the last three weeks. They look unbeatable right now. Let me ask you a
0: question. I know they won, but I have to take it to last week because we love our our malpractice segment. Do you want to explain to me, because you and I had a very private emotional text about this. Do you want to explain to me, Matt Eberfloos, passing up, taking the lead with like a minute and a half to go? and
2: going for it not getting it and then losing you want to just help me cuz i'm yeah you know, I, I i didn't play quarterback can i ask you i know what i'm doing on sunday on sunday are you watching red zone i watch everything i know you do cuz you, you you text me about everything I'm the and i can, and i can and i can feel the emotion coming through the text <laughs> I actually showed Bill Cowher the text that you sent me about Eberflues. <laughs> like, who is that? I said, he's Mike from Detroit, and he's pissed off again. I know. It's uh, just been explained. It's, it's 100% right. You have every every right, and Bears fans, have. Every, they should be on a two-game winning streak That's right now. That's my point. That's right. And that's why these coaches, Brandon Staley, Matt Eberflus, playing these games and believing in their players and trying to show them uh, by giving them examples of which way they're going to go on fourth down, drives all of us crazy. I don't know why coaches just don't do what a coach should do normally, and because nobody can really criticize them for that. If he kicks the field goal, whether it goes in, the kicker falls on his ass or anything in between, no one's going to blame you. And the same thing if Brandon Staley would have punted in Minnesota on fourth and a foot from his own 24 well, with he, the lead. He nobody would ever blame, He no, did it again I, against the Raiders. I know that, but I'm, the point being is that nobody would blame them for that. In Correct. other words, they bring the blame onto them. Because they make these just crazy decisions. Just bring me
0: on Sunday. I'll do a malpractice (laughs) segment, and I'll kindly leave. No one will even have to tell me. Okay. All right, C.J. Stroud, let's uplift. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. What are you seeing? I mean, 94 for 151, about a 63% rate, 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. And this is the key for a rookie, guys. No turnovers. What are you seeing is the key to his success?
2: Got a couple of breaks on the interceptions. You know, there are a couple of things that could, a couple balls that could have been caught, but they, they weren't. So, you know, he has not thrown an interception yet uh, in his rookie campaign. I, what I see is a kid with poise. And I also like, you know how we feel like maybe Carolina's protecting Bryce Young. We feel like Indianapolis is trying to protect Anthony Richardson from having too many decisions to make. Yeah, This is like the complete opposite with this kid. I mean, the, the it looks like the whole entire playbook is open. And when he drops back, he's planting his foot and he's letting it go. And he also is more mobile than I think any of us thought he was going to be. So I give him – he's ahead of the curve. There's no question about it. It's still early in his career. Of course. I don't want to elect him to the Hall of Fame just yet. But I think uh, I think Houston feels really good about the young men that they drafted, and probably feels pretty good about the fact that Carolina passed them over. Okay, you brought uh, two notes. A, mm-hmm. there's just a name people need
0: to pay attention to because I thought he was mm-hmm. way underutilized in college. My neck of the woods out in Michigan played for Michigan. Nico Collins is the a star. They didn't use him enough in college. This is a big-bodied, high-level, high pedigree athlete, and you're seeing it now that they have a quarterback. CJ Stroud trusts him. He's putting it out there. He's giving him an opportunity to make plays.
2: Dude, Nico Collins is blowing up down there. You know, by the way, two uh, two kids just playing ball, right? That's yeah. what it feels like to me. And I, and also watching D'Amico Ryan's after the game in the locker room, those players really, you know, they appreciate their coach because they know what the coach did on the field. That's right. They also know where the coach came from. One of the best defenses in the NFL in San Francisco. So there is a there's a real like heavy respect factor thing going on with them right now, and there's a real belief. And they have an interesting game this week against Atlanta. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but they have a chance to get the 3-2 and two right now. I and I don't think anybody thought that they would be where they are right now. Oh, um, and by the way, I know no one's
0: talking about it. And they got criticized for it, but the move to get Will Anderson. I know the sacks haven't been there yet, but he's third in pass rush win rate. If you're winning consistently against the man in front of you, the sacks are going to come. I still think Will Anderson's going to end up with nine or ten sacks. All right, so
2: J.J. Watt did tell me, you know week one when he actually was in studio with us, and he'll be in studio with us this Sunday. I think these millennials work every four weeks or something, I'm not really sure. But anyway, he told me that he thought Will Anderson was going to be a terrific pass rusher. Like he has all the athleticism, he has all the want to, and he knows, you know, he's the expert. He's the guy that had that. So he believes that Will Anderson is really going to be a good player for uh, the Texans, and eventually the sacks will come. And I I only said it just because I know we're all victim to stats. you got to look a little deeper, Will
0: Anderson. He's winning.
2: Well, the whole team is winning. That's the thing. He's going to get there.
0: He'll be all right. we got a lot to do, and and I'm going to ask you later about Carolina. I am very concerned with this Bryce Young thing. I know nobody knows Panther football and Frank Wright better than you. We're going to get to it. The picks are sizzling. That's all I can tell you. We're back. Data points are back. We're back. That's how this game works. Lots to do. Don't make a move. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the reposado, the añejo, blanco, cristalino, or the mezcal. Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos Tequila reminds you to celebrate responsibly.
1: It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.
0: Okay. So, I told you it started a season. Every year is going to be the same. It's very difficult the first two weeks. No data points. No idea. You're searching in the dark. You're knocking over a bottle of water on the nightstand. Now, we have data. We are back. Uh, back-to-back 9 and fours for me. Boomer with an 8 and 5 this week. Now, we're starting to roll. So, we're at the quarter poll. We have some data. And
2: I will tell you, this is the most difficult card thus far. Of the season. You know, is it really when when you sent me the card and I looked at it, I just basically started circling who I thought was going to be able to cover or who was going to be able to win, you know, whatever. Uh, And to me, there was only really one game that I was struggling with. Oh. Um, But I convinced myself before the show today that I now know where to go and I feel very comfortable about that particular team. So I didn't feel that it was that difficult when I was looking at the teams and the games. I mean – Okay. Uh,
0: Hello. We have a very prideful, a very arrogant uh, Mr. Siason today. Eddie, let's get to the picks, shall we?
1: Picks of the week.
0: All right, let's do it. Little tea and crumpets for the kids. We're going to London.
2: Bills laying five and a half, hosting the Jags. So the Bills do have problems in their secondary. There's no question about that. But Josh Allen, the last three weeks, this is MVP Josh Allen. He's not turning the ball over. They're running the football. He has been playing almost picture-perfect football since week one. And after week one against the Jets, he was pissed off. And they were interviewing him after the next game against the Raiders, and all he was talking about was playing quarterback the way it was supposed to be played. I'm laying the points, and I'm taking the Bills, Mike.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It flies in the face of what I normally would do. I know the Jags have been there all week, but the Bills look like they're rounding in the form. And you can't fix Jacksonville's O-line in a week. It's bad, and that ain't Desmond Ritter getting off the bus. It's Josh Allen.
2: That's exactly right. And this is also a defensive line that should get Von Miller back in this game.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: I'm going to go Bills. Okay. All right. This is one of the wildest things
0: I've ever seen. A week ago, Sunday night, Dolphins opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites
2: over the Giants. They are now 12-point favorites over the Giants, and I don't know that the number's big enough. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm taking the Dolphins. This is one of the ones where I was wondering whether or not the Giants were going to actually show up and play in this game. But, man, for four games, straight games, the Giants' offense has been putrid. Their defense has been a sieve. They haven't gotten any turnovers. They've given up the ball eight times. Uh, The speed on the Dolphins against these rookie defensive backs for the Giants is not a great matchup. It's also, look, schematically. If you're gonna stop Tua, you have to pressure
0: him and move him off his spot, and you got to do it with four, not five, not six, or in the case of Wink Martindale, all eleven. You, how would the Giants even in a hypothetical world slow them
2: down? Yeah, I don't know. You know, the one team that did kind of slow them down. Now, of course, Buffalo did last week, but that's because of the way that Josh Allen played. You have to slow them down with your offense. In yeah. other words, you got to be able to keep pace with their their offense, which. Unfortunately for the Giants defense, it's one of the worst in the league. It's like either 30th, 31st in total yards given up, points given up. It's like 31st or 32nd. I mean, it, it has all the trappings of a complete and utter blowout. And listen, I hope I'm wrong because I work in New York. I cover these Giants. I'd like to see them show something, but there has been no life to this franchise over the last four weeks. And I think the life got knocked out of them by the Dallas Cowboys.
0: I hope they go 1-16 and draft Caleb Williams. I quit. Uh, Dolphins. By the way, 8% of bets and only 4% of the money on the New York Giants. Oof. This is a nightmare. I don't want to do this because you know this is where the book wins. But I'm with you. I can't make a case. Well, you could always veto this pick if you'd like later on. Oh, there's
2: a chance I do. Okay. Uh, let's go. Ravens lay in four. They are at the Steelers. You know, the <laughs> This is gut punch time for the Steelers, you know. And this is I love Mike Tomlin in situations like this. He's a monster. He is a monster in this. He has a, just a way. Now, this is interesting for the Ravens because they're they're starting to get healthy. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be back for this game. I think Ronnie Stanley, their left tackle, is going to be back, and and maybe just maybe Lamar can actually run less and throw more, as opposed to the way that he's been playing. Do You know, if the Baltimore Ravens win this game. They'll have swept all three road yeah. games in the division, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I think Tomlin gets his boys going, and I think that Trubisky's gonna be the starting quarterback and it's gonna be a low scoring
0: game. Here's here's the issue for me. Um, Lamar's a favorite is awful. You know the underdog in this series, and I had it in my notes, I don't know where it went. I think the underdog in this series, the last twenty-eight matchups, is twenty
2: five and three. This is this is a testosterone game. You know that, right? This is like these teams hate each other. Oh, it's brutal. Coaches probably can't stand each other. Uh, I mean, this just gets as about as physical and as nasty as it gets Do in the see NFL. You Patrick Queen said? How Tomlin was barking at him when he was a rookie. You're not a Raven. You're
0: not good enough to be a Raven. And how all these years later he's still using it as motivation. Oh, yeah.
2: these, teams, these teams hate each yeah, other. Yeah, this, this is why it's an awesome football game, but low scoring, nasty, and I, I'm going to take the Steelers in the points.
0: I, I'll, I'll go Ravens because I think the Steelers stink, but this has got veto written all over it for me. Saints in a pick 'em against the Pats.
2: All right, we were just talking about the Pats in the previous segment. You know, uh, this is a an opportunity for them to get right. They were embarrassed last week. Mac Jones had an awful week. He was benched. I don't care what Bill Belichick said. He was so frustrated with him. And very rarely are you able to see the frustration on Belichick's face. I saw it last week against the Dallas Cowboys. This has been a long week for Mac Jones. I know this team is decimated by injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't see anything from the offense of the Saints. I thought that they were going to be so much better at this point, and they were embarrassed last week by the Bucs. So I'll take the Patriots here.
0: How do you throw 13 passes to Alvin Kamara for 33 total yards? Do you know in the history of the NFL, for a player who's ever caught 13 passes, that is not only the lowest yardage total, it is the lowest by over half. The next lowest in the history was 13 catches for 78
2: yards. How's the Derek Carr thing uh, working out for the Saints oh, right don't now?
0: look at me. I, uh, I'm just asking you.
2: He does have one arm currently. Mm. He when does. when, I when mean, your quarterback
0: I... is wearing, quote, protective gear not on good. his shoulder, that's not optimal. Then let Jameis play. Okay, then uh, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take the bats. Lions lay in 10 and a half, hosting the Panthers. And let me give boomers some stuff here. Okay. 99% sure. No, i on Ross St. Brown. No, Brian branch. Don't oh, know boy. if it affects what you're doing.
2: Just throwing it your way. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that update. I just don't see the Panthers scoring a lot on the, on the Lions defense. I think the Lions defense has shown up the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I could see this being like a 30 to 14 game. That's what I see this as. And you know, I know that you're going to probably go against me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points, and I'm gonna take the home lions. They are on a roll right now, by the way. I know they are, and they're good, boomer. They're, they're built, very they're, good. They're
0: built right. They're yeah. good. Um, tepid Panthers. I really am worried about Bryce Young, and I know we'll talk a little bit later. I the, the game just looks way too fast for him, and we'll
2: talk. He's, he's, he's in his he's into his fourth game here. Listen, remember he missed one already with an injury, and I think. That injury probably he could have played, but I wouldn't be surprised that they just wanted him to sit down and watch. Yeah, well, that's my—I
0: pl- don't know that he's ready, but whatever. We'll talk
2: later. Panthers, um, Atlanta hosting the Texans, who are on fire. Atlanta laying two. Give me the Texans, man. I'm gonna, you know, wow. they are—they are, they are all over. Um, you know, D'Amico Ryan's—they love him as a coach. I think there's a real—I uh, don't know. There's just seems like momentum there. There was momentum, I thought with Atlanta coming into the season because of Bijan Robinson and everybody else, but for whatever reason, D'Amico Ryans has got his defense playing tough, and they got a young quarterback that is seeing the field, so I'm going to stick with the Texans here. This is
0: a buy low, sell high for me. I got to get off the Texans' train. This is Artie Party back against the wall. That was a clown car last week, and I understand. I'm betting on Desmond Ritter. It's horrific.
2: I got to take Atlanta. He is struggling, man. Uh, He needs to be benched. You make the call. I know you know Art. Call him. (laughs) Uh, I do, but I don't know him that well to be able to say that. You know, what I mean, As well too. as I know Frank Reich, I can't call him this and say is, Andy Dalton. I this can't is that. Nassau
0: County Hall of Famer Boomer and <laughs> calling. Desmond Ritter sucks. All
2: oh, right. that, that's you. That's like AI me, right? I mean, I guess <laughs> bad, so. Bad tiki? Yeah, bad uh, tiki. <laughs> yeah. Titans minus two and a half at the Colts.
0: This game's gone all the way across, by the way. Colts opened up minus one and a half. All the way to the other side with the yeah. Titans.
2: I think everybody likes the Titans here, just simply because of what they did to the Bengals last week. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good performance by them, especially Very. defensively. I mean, I know the offense was good, and you know Ryan Tannehill is never going to put up forty points. That just is not, it's not in how the they're way built. That's not how they play. Tight game, really, really tight game. I like the fact that you know the Titans feel like they're rolling again, and I do like Vrabel on the road in this game. He'll get the best out of his team. And I like him up front. Yep. They're going
0: to be able to hold up to that Colts O-line, and I think that, that if you're asking Anthony Richardson to do it all, I have a problem with that. I'm going to go Titans here. Now this one,
2: let's see if we can get Boomer. Not a chance, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. Bengals laying three at Arizona. I'll be quick about this. Just give me the Bengals. And I'm taking the Bengals because, you know, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I believe in that guy. He has led this team for two years in a row. And out of bad situations, adverse situations, bad offensive lines. He actually came out and said he's about 98% healthy now with that calf injury, injury, which should open up this offense. The defense hasn't really been the problem; it's been the offense, and I think they'll get on track today or, or uh, say, Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Give me the Bengals.
0: I, I don't know how I could take the Bengals right now. I won't take them then. I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I just, Boomer, they're they're terrible. Mm. I know he's been hurt, but Boomer, mm. they're awful.
2: How, I mean, they're not just look at these games. Even their win. 19 to 16. What is this, 1985? Probably no T. Higgins for the Bengals in this game as I, well. And I,
0: I know you're going to laugh. I, I understand Arizona's bad. Jonathan Gannon's done a really
2: nice job. He's got him playing hard. There's no question about that. I mean, that.
0: when you really look back at it, too, and, and I mean, Boomer, they could have beat Washington, should have beat the Giants. And I know it's not a woulda coulda league. I'm just saying, for a team with a win total of three and a half. Been very, very good. And this Drew Petzing calling the offense, how they're doing this with Josh
2: Dobbs, it's amazing. God bless him. You know, the one thing I will say is Jamar Chase is probably gonna have a huge game here. Uh yes. This is a lot of talk and a lot of chatter around him. What was, was his when... comment last week? I'm always bleeping open. That's right. And Indeed. just like remember AJ Brown was frustrated couple of weeks back. And you pacify. And what has he done the last two weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles? That's what I see Jamar Chase doing here in this game.
0: I'm taking the worst in the number, but I'll take Arizona. Eagles laying
2: four and a half at the Rams. Oh, this is Cooper Cup week. That's why I'm taking the Rams. That a baby. That's right. That's I'm taking the Rams. my guy. There you go. I see it. And uh, now the question is, is Matthew Stafford going to be able to make it through the game with that hip injury? He, You know, look, they, they say he's practicing. He's out there. He's beat up. But he gets Cooper Cup back, and all of a sudden now you put him with Puka Nakua. You got guys running all over the place against this Eagle defense that's been getting up a lot of points yep. and a lot of yards. Young secondary. Right. I will take the points, and I will take the home L.A. Rams. He said it all. And, look, I've said a lot of things about
0: Stafford in my 20 years in Detroit. I've never questioned his toughness. He is tough as nails. He'll, he'll, he'll Unless he's in a wheelchair, he's going to play. That's right.
2: Uh, Chiefs laying four and a half at Minnesota. You know, I don't like the way the Chiefs' offense is playing, and Patrick Mahomes came out this week and basically blamed himself. He said, we're playing the way we're playing on offense because of the way I am playing. That's what leaders do. That's what the richest guy in football should do, take ownership of when your team is playing poorly, and you make mistakes. He played the Jets much like Josh Allen played the Jets in week one, tried to give the game away. Uh, Josh Allen did. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson fumbles the ball and – he gave it away. But I absolved Patrick
0: Mahomes of all sins because he slid late and didn't ruin my bet of Jets plus nine and a half. So thank you, Patrick. All right, I'm not very happy about that because yeah, it did ruin my, my bet. So. Man for the people. I'm taking exactly. the Vikings here. You are, so am I. I have to. Now, they'll lose. They'll do what the Vikings do. They'll blow that stupid horn and they'll lose. But I'm taking them. Chiefs, right. Chiefs don't cover North three. We're both
2: taking the Vikings there. Broncos scons.
0: laying two, hosting the Jets. You know what to do. Yeah, I'm taking the Jets. No. Yes.
1: (laughs) Come on.
2: The market is high on Wilson. You must sell. I know, but here's why I'm taking the Jets. Let me me just give you my sense. The Jets' defense, three out of four games, has basically shut down the opposing team's offense and gotten turnovers. Unlike the Giants' defense, who doesn't get any turnovers, when the Jets are playing and they're playing at their best, their defense gives their offense the football. If Sauce Gardner catches the ball against uh, Dak Prescott against the Cowboys, that game's probably different. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't catch it, and all of a sudden the Jets fall back into this abyss. The Jets are the better team. They have the better players, and they have the best unit on the field going into this game, and that's their defense.
0: All right. Uh, Broncos, because um, it's gross, but I have to. Ten seconds or less, because this game sucks. Raiders laying one-and-a-half, in the pack. Who's playing quarterback for the Raiders? uh Aiden O'Connell I'm thinking of Packers you know what Packers Packers might stink Jordan love might stink to hell with it. Give me, the, give me the Raiders. Give me a free roll. Let McDaniels
2: break my stones again. Boomer, tell them about
0: Casamigos. We'll do best of the best coming up.
2: <laughs> All righty, Mike. So what goes great with football? Casamigos tequila, of course. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. Make sure you have plenty on hand for the week five games, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, or Cristalino, or Mezcal. Casamigos tequila reminds our friends out there, especially you football fans, to please celebrate responsibly.
1: It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.
0: Quick note over dramatic music. Our vetoes. Boomer, you want no part of the Vikings and you want no part of the Panthers. That's correct? right. Yep. All right, Scones, I want no part of the Ravens and no part of the Panthers. Our vetoes are in. Now, we talk about. This is just an opinion. The most exciting game of the NFL so far this year. It's time for Best of the Best.
1: This week's Best of the Best.
0: Oh, boy. Gird your loins, people. Niners laying three and a half hosting the Cowboys. This is late 80s, early 90s. This
2: is the logo game of the week. It is. Woo! I mean, it is everything that we want as a football fan. Can't. Wait. You want to see two great defenses. You want to see great offensive players. Uh, Christian McCaffrey right now is playing at a level. I thought he played at this level, maybe a second year in the league, and then he had the injuries and all that stuff. But since he got to San Francisco, he's virtually unstoppable. And Kyle Shanahan is using him in so many ways. And that's why when you get a guy like Christian McCaffrey and then you pair him up with an offensive coordinator and offensive mind like his head coach has in Kyle Shanahan, it becomes fun to watch. I mean, it's kind of like what Mike McDaniel is doing down in exactly. da, in uh, in Miami with Tyreek Hill and his and former Tua. run game coordinator. Yes, exactly. So, man, I'll tell you what, if this game were in Dallas, I'd be I'd be hard-pressed to pick against Dallas just simply because what we have seen from them at home in front of their fans is that their defense basically smothers the opposing team offense. This is in San Francisco. This is going to be intense. And this is going to be a San Francisco team that's going to be locked and loaded to stop Dak Prescott in this offense. All right, here right, let, let's
0: approach it from this. So I, and I might be crazy, like we talked about it before the season, Eagles replacing two coordinators, youth movement, you know, some, some big talent left. I think the Niners are simply a cut above everybody else. They are an absolute wagon. And I understand, well, they got their asses kicked in Philly. They were down to the janitor playing quarterback. My point is with this team, the way they're playing, Boomer, they are a wagon. And I look at it I go, all right, well, how do you attack them? Start there. So if you're, you're Dallas, how am I attacking this team on offense? And then what do you even attempt to do? Okay, against well, their offense.
2: Here, here's the first thing that you need to do is you need to get after Brock Purdy. This will be the best defense Brock Purdy has seen since last year's game against the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. And remember what happened to him in the playoffs. He got hurt. Now, I'm not saying you want to hurt the kid, but you certainly got to get after this kid. And the beauty about what Brock Purdy has done this year compared to where he was last year, and I thought he was really good last year, is that he is reading defenses and getting rid of the ball really, really quickly. Now, this defense is sudden. And we all have seen how quickly Micah Parsons can get in the backfield. And that's really what this is going to be about. It's going to be about pressuring a second-year quarterback into making a mistake. That's the first thing that you have to do if you are the Dallas Cowboys. You have to somehow, because they lead the team, the league or they're second in the league in turnovers, somehow they have got to come out of this game a plus two in order to win the game, I believe. And that's going to, you know, fall on the Dallas defense. And it's all about pressure on Brock Purdy.
0: You ever get pissed off watching Purdy?
2: No. No, 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 no.
0: no, no, no. As a former quarterback. Why? Can you imagine? I mean, this kid's living a dream sequence. You got Kyle Shanahan calling your place. You got a monster O line one of the best left tackles of my lifetime. You got Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Sam. Man,
2: you know what it sounds like? Sounds like 1985 through 1990, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. I had a mad scientist as an offensive coordinator in uh, Bruce Coslett, uh, an offensive coordina- uh, an offensive head coach in Sam Weish. I had Eddie Brown, Tim McGee, Chris Collinsworth, Rodney Holman, Icky Woods. You just get you get this Anthony Munoz, you get James a collection Brooks. of people
0: together. That's what I'm saying. And you look at this and you go, boy, how many quarterbacks could you put in there and make <clears> this work? Here's my one thing with Dallas. I still believe, and I know the Patriots couldn't do it, but I still believe the way to attack them. You want to slow Michael Parsons down? You run right at him. You have and, to. And San Francisco with the pre-snap candy, it makes you take that extra half beat, and you can't you, – it, it almost turns you
2: into the Rod Rust read and react. <laughs> well, what it, I makes what you would, slow down. What I love about this offense, just like his dad's offense, it all does start with the off-tackle run first and foremost. You yeah. want to be a physical, run-oriented football team – and then everything else comes off of that. Even in this day and age of the forward pass and you know, all the rules uh, basically benefiting the offense, it's still about the off-tackle run. And to me, that's what they do with Christian McCaffrey, and they're not afraid to do it. And Kyle Shanahan understands that. That's why there's a lot of play-action passing. That's why there's a lot of formations. That's why there's a lot of motion. It's all the same plays. But it's all the stuff that's camouflaging that's what right. they're doing.
0: Well, and you're seeing it in Miami as well. I mean, it's 80% pre-snap motion, and it's about 40% play-action passing. It's a simple game, but they dress it up. Sure they do, and they're, and it,
2: they're smart about doing it, their players have to be able to pull it off. Uh, correct. There has, there has to be an IQ of the players that are running the offense in order to yeah, do that. You're drafting an archetype, though.
0: This is what the good teams do. You're drafting a player. Patriots
2: did it for years. Do your job. Right, and here's the other thing about Dallas. What I do like about their offense this year, and I know that a number of uh, Tony Romo was talking about this. I think week two, I think we had them on CBS, and I remember him talking to Mike McCarthy, who is now calling the plays. One of the things that Mike McCarthy wanted to do for the Dallas offense was speed it up, and I wish the Bengals would do this in Cincinnati. Simple. And I and I sent Zach Taylor a message. Try this. And I'm not talking.
0: See? See, you
2: do have the. I knew it. <laughs> but I'm not talking about no huddle offense like I ran back in Cincinnati. I'm talking about when I went back in 1997, we ran in and out of the huddle faster than any team in the history of the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. And Mike McCarthy has upgraded the tempo on his offense. So watch how quickly they get in and out of their huddle to the line of scrimmage. And that does put an enormous amount of pressure on an opposing defense. Even a great defense as the Nick Bosa-led, Fred Warner-led San Francisco 49ers.
0: I still don't trust Dak. That's my big problem. I still don't trust him, Boomer. I'm not saying he's bad. Just saying in a big spot, I I don't know. I I mean,
2: where are you at with him? I actually respect Dak. Um, I like him. He's not one of the four elite quarterbacks in the NFL. He's in that, if you want to go tier quarterback, I, I would put him in that second tier. And that's not a knock on him. I respect him as a player. I respect him. I certainly respect him as a man because I can't imagine what it must be like for him having to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys with the largest fan base right. and the most critical fan base of any team in the league. And your owner's a wild are, Yeah, and you have no idea what the wild And, you know, they bring in Trey Lance and all this other stuff. I mean, so he's dealt with a lot of crap. And I know this is a huge game for him, but it's one of 17 in the season. And this game could eventually... Determine home field advantage between the two of these teams in the playoffs, and I know that the Cowboys would much rather have San Francisco in their building than having to go back out there. Yeah, I, I'm going to go
0: Niners. I, I don't, I don't love the three and a half, and I know it's public. I know majority of people will be on the Niners. I just believe they're a cut above. They're a cut above Philly, a cut above Dallas, a cut above Detroit. The Niners might just be that team. I mean, dude, last regular season game they lost. Anybody want to tell me? I think it was last year this yeah. week.
2: Yeah, the last game they actually lost was to the Philadelphia Eagles. Right, I'm points. saying regular that's because season. because Brock Purdy got hurt. Yeah,
0: regular season, right. the last game they lost. Wasn't that the Arrowhead game?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly when it was. I mean. So here, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, and I'm going to take the points because I think this is going to be a field 24-21 kind of game. It's going to be a knock-em-sock-em yeah. knock game, and I, I and I do. I, I don't think the Cowboys will win. I think the, the 49ers will win, but the three-and-a-half, that hook, makes me think that this is going to be a cowboy cover here. Alright, so
0: let's go final word. We've got a, a feeble five, if you will. We're going to get, we're going to get into some depressing stuff. Eddie?
1: Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's Lowe's Nose Home Improvement. The final word.
2: Alright, so take me through what we're doing here. So we have a feeble five, and, uh, you know, each week I do a power rankings, my own power rankings. At the bottom of those rankings, I put my feeble five. And oddly enough, this week, my my 32nd ranked team was the New York Giants. And it really had nothing to do with Evan Neal and his comments after the game or whatever the hell happened to him this week. I don't really care about that stuff. What I care about is what I see on the field. They look like the worst team in football. Yeah, they do. And their statistics tell you that they are. Uh, this is a team, one of two teams, that has not played with the lead. One offensive snap. Think about that for a second. The Jets are the other teams. That's how good football in New York is. Oh, God. Um, so my problem <laughs> with the Giants is that their defense is basically terrible. They don't get any turnovers. They have two young cornerbacks. Uh, they don't seem to have any sort of pass rush pressure on opposing quarter. But that's not – they don't. And, and their offense is turning the ball over, and Daniel Jones – Is coming off maybe one of his worst games, especially under the contract that he is with right now. So, they are number thirty-two in my feeble five. Other than
0: that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play?
2: (laughs) Jesus, you know my. So then, you know, we know Carolina is going through a a growing process, and we were talking about Bryce Young earlier. You know, he's not ready yet. He's still a kid. It's three games in. This is going to be his fourth game. It's going to be on the road. It's against a tough lion defense. And you know, now there's. There's momentum in Detroit, so now he's going to have to face that. And I know that they're trying to keep it as simple as they possibly can. But then when you see what Andy Dalton did out in Seattle, you know that they would be a better team with Andy playing right now and Bryce sitting. But I think there's just so much pressure to play these young kids right now and to fight through it and fight through the uh, adversity that they're hoping that that will make him a better player down the road in a couple years.
0: Yeah, it's. I I worry physically. Yeah, I I just really, I worry about him. And I know Frank's a damn good coach, and I know they'll get better weapons around him. I mean, it just, I I love the report this week. Yeah, we're looking for a number one receiver. Oh, that's nice. We'll get in line at the deli, guys. I mean, you kind of missed your window to do that. You brought
2: in the dead body
0: of Adam Thielen.
2: You did that. Well, they brought in guys that they felt were going to help the young guy, and we're going to be able to keep him calm. Now, whether or not he is you know, kind of losing it a little bit. I, I don't know that. Frank will never tell me that. But I know that they're going to try to continue to put him out there and try to put him in the best situation for him to complete a lot of passes and not take a lot of hits. Hey, listen, this is one of the reasons why you would have wanted C.J. Stroud as opposed to Bryce Young. If you take a look at C.J., he looks bigger than he actually is on the field. That's what I mean. I mean, he looks like a tank out there compared to Bryce Young. Number three. All right, number three. You know, I I – we often make fun of the Arizona Cardinals. You say what you want about them. You talked about it earlier. Gannon has those guys playing tough. The interesting thing is going to be if and when Kyler Murray can come back this season, what are they going to put him out there? I wouldn't. I, if, what are you going to do with him in the offseason if you end up with the worst record in football? You're going to do it with
0: the Patriots or the Chargers. They with J.C. Jackson. You're going to write a really expensive postage stamp. You're going to
2: draft a quarterback at the top of the draft. There's no way he plays in Arizona. Right, so you understand what's going on there. You can see that. The other one that I have at this uh, bottom five is the Chicago Bears. Now, this was prior to Thursday night's game against yeah. the Washington Commanders. This is two back-to-back games for Justin Fields. And you talked about this earlier as well because you kind of get the flavor of the Midwest out there that Iberflues might be hanging on by a thread. And they needed to win the game on Thursday night. I wonder where that puts Washington's coach, Ron Rivera, as we look forward to next year and what happens with that team.
0: I still believe it's enemy's job. I still believe this is Rivera's swan song. I don't think it was accidental that he went there. Do I you, don't.
2: Do you think that uh, Ron Rivera is saying this is it for me personally and I'm walking away from it? Or do you think Josh Harrison, the new ownership group, is saying we are elevating Eric Bamman I think it's choice
0: coach. B. I That's just an opinion. Right. I, I didn't call the bat phone. Just an opinion. Uh, question for you.
2: No Raiders on this? You know, I do worry about the Raiders. They were, I think, I think they were But Yeah, yeah. I know. I do worry about the Raiders. There's no question about that, especially their quarterback situation. And I know that Raider fans are unhappy with Josh McDaniels, as is Devontae Adams.
0: As am I. Because Josh Daniels, Josh McDaniels is terrible. All right. Well, that's an uplifting finish. Listen, (laughs) quarter poll. This was exciting. (laughs) We're going to come back and do it all over again next week. More fun. More Evan Neal. That's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Travel safe.
1: It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.